Welcome everybody to the first episode of my podcast. This is, I would honestly say, it was nine years in the making, or nine months in the making. Sorry. Yes, this is literally my baby. Um, the reason it took me nine months is because I just kept hesitating. I don't know why. So, um, alongside that whole backstory, um, let's talk about something that I always talk about. My Twitter handle is. Adam Ashrams, underscore, why do I always mess up my Twitter handle, um, anyways, you found this probably through my, probably through my Twitter, so, moving on, let's talk basketball, shall we, let's talk about my favorite team in the NBA, I don't know why this is my favorite team, I don't know why I've grown so, um, I've grown to love this team, but it is the Cleveland Cavaliers, yeah, I know. I know. It sounds weird. Um, you you be asking me why is why is Ohio sport like why is the Cleveland Cavaliers a favorite team of somebody that's from Canada? You know what I mean? Like, why isn't this guy a Raptors fan or whatever? Um, to be honest, the Raptors, I don't really like them. <laughs> I don't. I don't enjoy them. Um, I mean, watching them, yeah, they're fine, right? But like, I feel like, you know, just. Watching the Cavs, because, like, I, I started, like, maybe properly watching basketball, or, like, well, not properly, but, like, I was watching, but I started to get, like, more, uh, more into basketball around the year, uh, 2016, and, um, y'all know what happened that year, right? Honestly, Summer 16 was clearly the best, and LeBron James went his, um, third ring, his third and hardest ring against that, against that Warriors team, so... Yeah, LeBron James on the one uh, against the Warriors team is kind of actually interesting. So, like, I don't know how him, Kyrie, and Love actually managed to do it, but the fact that they actually pulled off that three-one comeback in the finals was mad insane. I'd say like that that chip value is honestly one of the highest in recent NBA history. So, yeah, um, the Cavaliers. In the present, however, whoo, that's kind of a stinky topic, not gonna lie, I'd say. They're, they're not exactly a great team. Uh, I would say that. I, I, I like watching them now. Like, they're, what do you call it, they're, they're actually unbeaten right now. Which is quite surprising, honestly. Because I, I, I genuinely had no idea that, that they actually could pull this thing off. So, they defeated the Hornets against Lamelo Ball. Lamelo, Lamelo Ball's alright, I guess. I'm, my, I'd probably make like a podcast on him and other, what do you call it, like, prospects, in a sense, later. But, uh, yeah, um, they beat the Lamelo Ball Hornets, which is honestly what should, they should be called right now, at this point, because that's literally the only media attention they get. So, the Hornets, they beat the Hornets, um, they... Beat the Pistons in double overtime. Um, I was watching the game. Um, I don't know if it's just me or if, like if, as if like I'm bad luck to that franchise. But like, I mean, as soon as I started watching, they they, they started kind of choking. Um, hopefully they don't do that anymore since actually right now they're undefe- they're undefeated. So mm, let's see here. Um, yeah, they're on. So they beat Detroit and now they beat the Seventy Sixers without Joel Embiid. What do I think of that? I mean, obviously, Joel Embiid's a 27-point-per-game scorer. Great defender. Absolute monster in the low post. Um, but the Cavs have won against that if he was there? Yeah, I don't... Definitely, I don't think so. Um, because, again, like... Because one of the Cavs' scoring options is Andre Drummond, who's really... His, his post-game lacks... His po- his post game is really lackluster. Um, I mean, obviously against weaker players, he just he just bullies his way through the paint. So. Yeah, but, Andre Drummond's like, not the greatest. Um, yeah, so this Cavaliers team somehow managed to do it. And a Ben Simmons led, cause here's the thing, right? A Ben Simmons led Sixers team is. I mean, it, 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 it's still a really good team. Because, um, 
here's the thing, right? You don't have a B clock because of the paint anymore, right? So, you, Benjamin just freely runs any plays he wants to. So, I'm just going to assume that... Okay, I didn't watch that game because I, I had work or I was busy. So, um, what's going to say? Right, so that Benjamin's um led Sixers team is still a really good um really good team, which I'm honestly surprised that we beat it. Um, shout out to Doc Rivers for underestimating us. <laughs> Anyways, um, so talking about that, um, future projections for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I feel like that they're. If you give me if if you say five years. And Colin Section agrees to sign an extension with the team alongside Darius Garland and Isaac Okoro and Kevin Porter Jr., which I'm pretty sure they all get some extension at least, right? Um, let's talk about Kevin Porter Jr. for a minute. Um, KPJ, last year he was alright. Nothing extremely special. Therefore, I mean, then again, he's a rookie, still improving in his craft. I, I still like him. But, um, but what do you call it? Like these three wins, without you know what what I consider like one of our best prospects, is like the fact that he's not there and we still won three games, is that I feel like this team, it does need. Okay, honestly, Kevin Porter Jr. is like is decent. Um, I honestly don't know how where he's going to play that that's honestly the tricky question because Isaac Okoro is a sh- small forward slash shooting guard right those are the two positions I can definitely see him playing in his NBA career um he's definitely not going to be moving up to power forward anytime soon um he's an undersized three and I'd say that we already have Darius Garland Colin Sexton now we have a Coro and Porter Jr. This is like I feel like the whole drafting situation from you know David Griffin and now Kobe Altman. It it's it's I mean it's it going all right. But I feel like we drafted too many guards since I mean yeah, we just have too many guards. Uh, I mean then again we also do have a lot of centers. Right now I think we have um JaVale McGee and Andre Drummond as our two centers and not not to mention Thon Maker. So we have those three guys and was that was it Jonah Bolden or Norvell Pell? I I think it was Jonah Bolden. Yeah, yeah, Jonah Bolden. So Jonah Bolden, Thon Maker, JaVale McGee, Andre Drummond we have four centers in the lineup. Holy crap! And we also have pretty much four guards, which is Darius Garland, point guard, obviously. Colin Sexton, shooting guard. He he can't really play the point. I mean, like he he's he's an undersized shooting guard. Can't really play the point. He's like that. I mean, this backcourt similar to Portland, um, where with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, but with. First day, CJ McCollum as our best player. <laughs> our our, our CJ McCollum um, replica, I would say. Section and ceiling. Um, how do I say this? I'd say it would be the high. It would be as high as CJ McCollum. I I definitely say that. I can I can see him becoming a. Arguably, maybe a better version of CJ McCollum because of his mentality, his like work ethic, you know, like the fact that he's consistently been improving year after year, and um, yeah, I mean, right now it's his third year in the league. His rookie season was all right. His sophomore season was a little bit better, but the Cavs obviously still tanked, and um, now into his uh, third season, he's winning. Which I'm extremely happy for him. So, and then that's obviously something, right? Darius Garland was a rocky sort of prospect. I feel like, and yeah, he he started off bad. That that's definitely for sure. He started off bad. He started off bad, and then he just worked on his craft. Like, I I follow him on I follow him on Instagram. So I've been, 
I've been seeing a little clips in there, clips here and there, and then um, you know, he's just been consistently improving, which I've honestly been extremely proud of. So, congrats to him, right? I feel like that um, people generally underplay the Cavs. I saw the I saw the power rankings, and then only one team there was undefeated. And um, do I think the Cavaliers are gonna make the playoffs? I feel like they're gonna end up being like a eleventh seed, maybe tenth seed at best. Honestly, if 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 I'm really being like, I mean, if I'm extremely optimistic, yeah, I can say they can make the playoffs. If they keep up this type of play, you know, and then all that. Have these veterans, have these youngsters, you know, get together, play well. But, yeah, realistically, I'm looking at them as, like, the 11th, 12th, maybe even 10th as the highest they can probably go. It's within those three spots in the East, right? And then, those guys have a really, like, I mean, they have a bright future at them. I'd definitely say that. I'd definitely say that. Um, Big ups to Kobe Altman and, um... JB Bickerstaff, JB Bickerstaff is the guy I like. I like him a lot. Ever since, ever since Beeline was fired, he actually put wins under a belt, which I'm honestly extremely surprised. Um, am I all in for him? Sure. I feel like that. Um, he needs um, cause his his motion offense is honestly extremely well. Like I'm seeing like. Chetty Osman, I'm seeing Chetty Osman, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, like literally everybody on that Cavs team, like on that floor, just moving. They're moving, trying to get open looks. Um, but my only problem is that this happened in at the beginning of the game. Like this happens within like the first and second quarter. They're the fourth, kind of starts to die down, and then reaching to the fourth, it's like. If you're trying to win, you gotta like, you know, they're, if, I mean, you can't really tell if they're trying to win or not, which, honestly, I don't know. So, it's like, it's, it's like, they, they always keep running ISO possessions with Call of Section. Either like giving them like a basic clear screen or something, and then, you know, just them just going on with Section on his isolation. I mean, he's a, he's a 6'2 guard. He's, Pretty athletic, I'd say, for a 6'2 guard. Um, but yeah, like, I want to say Colin Sexton as, like, your isolation scorer is a good idea. Um, Isaac Okoro is, um, I think he stretched out his left foot or something. Something with his foot, I know that. So, like, foot soreness maybe, something like that. So, he's been he's been rested in that Philly game and they still won, which I'm, which I'm obviously proud of. So yeah, that's pretty much, I mean, is there much I can say about the Cleveland Cavaliers? No, not really. Um, I already explained my, the reason why I started liking the Cavs team is because one, you know, LeBron was there for a bit in 2016, 2016 ring. Um, LeBron's still trying to carry that team to, it died, honestly went. And then Kevin Durant joined the Warriors. It was, it was pretty much over, right? Um, then maybe, maybe in like in, in a few episodes later, I might talk about how um, you know LeBron could or couldn't have won another chip with the with the Cavaliers. I don't know. So, anyways, right. So that's what I can say for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's been fourteen minutes. And I've honestly just been, just been going off. So, let's talk about another team that isn't the Lakers. I like the Lakers, but I want to talk about a team that's something other than the Lakers. Let's talk about the... Ah, yes. The other team in the, in the Staples Arena. Which, I mean, they will be moving into their new Inglewood Arena sometime soon. I don't know exactly when. I know that Steve Ballmer um paid for the thing. I mean Steve Ballmer's like crazy rich dude. The guy's like a the guy used to be a CEO of Microsoft, now he's owned the Clippers. I mean, props to him, he's such a 
much better, um, such a much better, like, su- such a better owner than the, what Donald Sterling was. And we all know how big of a racist piece of garbage that guy was. So, um, yeah, shout out to Steve Ballmer, you know, for getting this kind of crew. Steve Ballmer, Jay West, they got, they got, they got, they got a nice little crew going on. But then, the Dallas Mavericks, in this season, <laughs> had how do you how 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 does a contending team lose by fifty one to a playoff team? Just a regular playoff team, because like I don't see the Dallas Mavericks making it to the NBA Finals, unless like LeBron just injured his knee, and then he's out for the season, which. I mean, knowing LeBron, he's been healthy for literally 18 years. So, and the only year where he was actually injured for quite a bit was that groin tear back in, like, that groin injury back in, like, um, what do you call it, last season? Wait. No, 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 not last season, like, two years ago. So, that was, that was pretty much his only injury, per se. Others were just, like, soreness. You know, just like regular basketball kind of issues here and there. You know how like obviously you're running up and down, you're tired as hell, everything becomes sore, whatever. Gotta manage everything well. So, the Los Angeles Clippers is a franchise that I would consider a joke. Until now. Because the reason I would consider them a joke until now... Is because of the whole Donald Sterling thing, the whole moving to LA. Honestly, in my opinion, the the Los Angeles Clippers should have stayed in San Diego, because everyone knows, literally every single person knows that LA would be a Lakers town. Like I don't see anybody. Willingly be a Clippers fan. Like, I'm not a Clippers fan. And and one of my favorite players in the NBA is Paul George. I, I, I understand that may seem weird. You know, pandemic P, playoff P, whatever you want to call them. The Clippers are a team that are, they're, they're desperate. I, I definitely say that. They're 100% desperate. 100% desperate for that win. So... I feel like that they still have a long way to go. They're they definitely need to trade for a point guard. I'd say either for like they definitely need like a, I would say like a Ricky Rubio type kind of guy. Um, yeah, hundred percent Ricky Rubio type kind of type guy guy that passes the ball more than scores the ball, because I mean right now the NBA is filled with scoring guards, right? Oh, there are hella guards that can score. I, I, I can understand that. But they need what honestly seems really weird would be like a traditional point guard. And that is something that... I, I mean, they, 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 they definitely do have the assets. Don't get me lying. They, they definitely do. I feel like they can... Um, I feel like they can trade maybe like Terrence Mann or something for somebody... I mean, I don't know how high Clippers fan are on Terrence Mann. I'm, I don't really think he's too big of a prospect. Like he's, he's big, he's sort of lengthy. Yeah, he could be like a defensive prospect. Offensive, yeah, you know, but we'll just see what it turns out, right? The guy doesn't. I mean, I obviously the guy's like a or guy's a second year player, right? Is he is he a second year player? Or is he a first year player? I I'm pretty sure he's a second year player. So. Given that, um, given that, he's just gonna be like, I feel like if he does improve this season, he might turn out to be like a regular rotation player, but with the way that um, like the whole pecking order is and like the minutes, he's definitely not gonna get much, especially with the likes of like you know Kawhi, PG, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, and uh, who do they get? Oh, right, then they got Luke Kennard because they traded, like, something. Luke Kennard, okay. I don't, yeah, Luke, Luke Kennard's whatever. But, uh, yeah, so, Terrence Mann, 
I'm not very high on him, but I'll be fine if he turns into something, you know. He'd be, like, decent, I guess, I'd say. I mean, then again, they are NBA. They, they really are NBA players. They, their entire job to, you know, constantly improve season after season and, you know, try to play the best basketball that they can, you know, bring. And that's obviously how the whole hierarchy is, the whole NBA hierarchy is kind of a thing, you know. There's the MVP, you have the All-NBA teams, the All-Stars, the celebrated role players, and then you have the regular average NBA Joe. I don't know, shout out to you, Joe Ringles. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, that Clippers team. Okay, you know what? About this Clippers team, let's get to the juicy part. Pandemic P. Listen, I... I love, I really, really like Paul George. His play style, his game, his the swagger that he brings out of the court. I feel like he's a really, really good player. Um, I, I was watching him during his um OKC, OKC um MVP run, and holy crap, was that guy a baller? Like I, bro, like this one game against Brooklyn. We dropped like 44 points and then iced the game on that winner. Holy moly, bro. That was a game that actually made me one of his, like, that made me one of his fans. Just watching him there was just like, he was just insane. Like, the guy was doing everything. He was passing, he was rebounding, he was defending. Paul George is like, honestly, like, at this stage of his career, I'd say he's a, the guy's an all-around threat. If you were to say that in like 2K trade. The guy's an all-around threat. I mean, he's definitely a two-way player. I'd say that. But I feel like his um, improvement on the on the playmaking side of the game, um, as, as well as his um, elevated scoring numbers, because Paul George is, like, one of the great shooters. Like, he's a really, really good shooter. The guy comes off pin-down screens, comes off everything. Right? He's, like, if you give him enough space, he's, he's going to make the shot. Until he gets to the playoffs. I don't know what happens in the playoffs. Pandemic P just turns different. It just, it just hits different, bro. Like, how do you... I don't know how. Because I'm pretty sure... Okay, let me search up his... Um, what do you call it? His um, game averages. If, um, if I can look that up real quick. Are the, are the Clippers playing game today? I don't know. I don't think so. But it's fine because I can just scroll down a little bit and I can find them. Right? Yes, here we go. Uh, no, not Luka Doncic. Stats. Clippers. Here we go. That's Luke Kennard. Doesn't know who I'm trying to pick. Pandemic P, baby. Let's go. 2021 season, the guy's averaging 34 points. Um, I mean, then again, it has been three games. His usage rate is 30%, you know, what it, what it should be. And he's extremely efficient. Like, I don't know how. I, w- I would say Pan- he's, he's, li- he's, li- he's living up to that contract extension. The guy is literally part of the 55... 55- 40, 55, 43, and 90 club. Like, I consider that extremely impressive. Um, but then again, right, if you look at his career stats and um, consistently, you know, look at it, right? Let's look at his, um, let's look at his stats from last season where he was coming off shoulder injury, right? Everyone knows what happens in, in the, in that 2018 playoffs. Uh, yeah. Well, technically 2019 playoffs. Yeah, 2019 playoffs. Everyone knows what happened. Pandemic P. Or, not Pandemic P. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, what, what was this? Okay, Playoff P. I mean, to be, to be fair, in that in that series, in, in that Portland series, the guy played well. I, I, I say he plays well. My The main reason I'd say that he's playing well is because... Um, like in in one of the games, he was averaging his um his you know he was he was av- he was doing good. 
you know, like, he was good, he was alright, wasn't too bad. I mean, like, yeah, his numbers dipped, I wouldn't say extremely significantly, but, like, up to, like, a significant margin, I'm pretty sure he scored, like, three or four less points on, like, slightly worse, worse efficiency. And then, um, yeah, but then, then again, right, it's, it's always, um, that Portland team actually had good defenders, that's why they made it to the, uh, what do you call it, the Western Conference Final, they had Mo Harkless, Alfred Camino, and, um, I'm pretty sure Gary Trent was a part of their rotation, I honestly don't know, but, uh, yeah, so, those guys were there, defending Paul George, and he kind of tanked a little bit in that playoffs, right? In that 2019 playoffs, I, I wouldn't really say that was Paul George's fault. I'd say that was more like, that was more Westbrook's fault because he was trying to like, he was trying to make a statement that he's better than Dame, even though Dame like just basically made him shut the hell up. So, like consistently Dame just kept making Westbrook shut the hell up. So, with that and saying that, um, his, his performance in the bubble was honestly abysmal. Like, holy crap. Like, this is, he put up numbers of that of, like, like, that of a 500. No, not really. Um, he, he just performed extremely bad. That's, that's, that's all I really can say. He just, he basically caved in. Um, it, it honestly hurt me to watch, and, like, he just come, kept coming up with excuses, which kind of, like, you know, threw me off a little bit, I was like, you know, I don't think it's a good idea to be making this excuse here, or maybe this excuse there, like, all that, so, I feel like that, I mean, then again, he, I mean, some of his excuses were, I mean, they were all, they were, they were, like, borderline sus, in, in a sense, I'd say. They were, they were borderline sus, I, I suspect, I'd definitely say. Um, yeah, but, like, now, Paul George, in this season, he's been trending upwards. Honestly, I'm extremely proud of him for just really trending upwards as a player. Um, allowing, you know, I mean, I feel like that more of the offense is running through him, which... Uh, isn't necessarily like a good thing but I wouldn't necessarily say that's a bad thing because Paul George is a type of person that he definitely should be the second ball handler on your team Kawhi Leonard should be your third ball handler and your go-to isolation scorer I 100% say that the reason I say that Kawhi Leonard should be your third ball handler is because Kawhi isn't a good playmaker. The guy's a pure scorer. He's he's a, he's a, he's a he's the definition of a two way player, where he's only good in two in two aspects of the game. Which I mean, then it's 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 a really good player. Like that that's like a that's like a DPOY and and like scoring title kind of player. Like he's that good. Like you know, given his mid range shots, given his um. You know, just give, given the given him like the regular touches that he usually gets, like the catch and shoot three, the mid range, the post up occasionally, and um, yeah, like and the and the pick and roll maybe. I mean, he he sort of does operate in the pick and roll a little bit if you watch some games, but um, yeah. So, with um, obviously with that in mind, um, Paul George should be the second ball handler for that for that team. I mean, right now he's the first because they don't actually have a point guard. Unless you, Patrick, okay, Patrick Beverly's a bum. I I I definitely see that the guy's a bum. I don't I don't like him at all. He's he brings in this like sure people people like congratulate him for having this dog mentality, but like where's that dog mentality giving you? Like you literally get thirty points dropped in your head every night. That's literally what I see every every single time I see Patrick Beverly in that, like going against like you know that Denver team, every single time. Um, Jamal Murray would just drop like 30 or 40 on his head and I don't think his um his defense honestly is as hyped up as it should be 
Wait, no, 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 no. His defense isn't as good as it, it as it is like you know hyped up or whatever. Like his defense doesn't really doesn't meet any expectations. The guy can't like guy consistently gets fouled out, cause he just cause he he, he keeps trying to prove that he's um that he's a dog like this, like this tough guy mentality. You know like, it it doesn't work for him, and um. Yeah, so that doesn't work for him. So everyone knows Patrick Beverly's a bum. The guy, the guy is only good at defense, or in my opinion, the guy is not even good at anything. In, in my general opinion, I don't think Patrick Beverly should be on this Clippers team. I feel like he should be traded from this Clippers team for them to actually make some sort of a playoff. Because you think, right? You had the defense from Serge Ibaka, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George, right? Those are literal all defensive, like all defense, defensive players right there. Why? Why do you need Patrick Beverly? Like Patrick Beverly's useless in the lineup. Utterly useless. Like the only good thing he brings to the, the only good thing he brings to the table, and like and like this was like when I checked up on um, what do you call it? Like uh, when I checked up on his, there was just. Card like you know that thing I don't I don't know what exactly what it's called I'm pretty, like it's like they show like these stat in like the middle of the game or like before a game whatever after, and then it just says Patrick Beverly was shooting like forty three percent from catching two threes. And, at, at at the time I was like okay yeah this this seems impressive right, it definitely seems impressive, um, here let me switch to Pat Beverly so, Beverly I misspelled everything, Patrick. Beverly, here we go. The guy is a nine point per game scorer, and he doesn't do anything. He he gives you nine points a game. Right now, like this season, he's giving you seven. Like, what do you actually expect from that? I I don't generally know. If he's giving you seven, and on let me let me see his shooting efficiency. I don't know. Um. The guy is a career. Guys with career thirty eight, uh, percent, three point shooter. I would say that's above average for an NBA player. But. It doesn't do much for the Clippers team. Cause the guys are cause the guys are three and D point. What do you do with the three and D point? Like I genuinely don't understand what what people do. With a three D point, like what do you get from a three D point? Absolutely nothing. They're just you can't do anything with a three D point. Like I, it, it may seem that I'm shitting on Patrick Beverly extremely hard, which honestly I am. I don't like the guy. I don't. I don't like how he is. The the guy in my point a general bum. Who deserves a max or no? Not a max. A, a minimum contract. A minimum contract on... On like a... On like a mediocre team. Definitely does not belong to a... Contender like the Clippers are. So... The Clippers... After me ranting up about Patrick Beverly for the last... Four to five minutes. The Clippers desperately need... Just desperately need a guy like Ricky Rubio. Um, I mean, Ricky Rubio is honestly probably really easy to get. Maybe send like a first round pick, or send like two seconds and Terrence Mann for Ricky Rubio. I'm pretty sure that could work. Cause I mean, what what are the Timberwolves really needed for? Like, what what do you need Ricky Rubio for? You already have D'Angelo Russell, and I don't know, like Malik Beasley. Yeah, yeah, those two, right? Those two can honestly interchange. I mean, I mean, I'd prefer Dilo as a point guard. But like, yeah, BC can definitely play the definitely play the two or the one guard. So, yeah, like I can definitely see him doing that. So I'm just really really confused why Ricky Rubio there in the first place. I'm pretty sure he got traded there. I don't know if he got did he get traded there or get like, or did he sign the free agency? Because I have no idea why you were tied to that bum, or, bum organization in free agency. 
Anyways, right? So yeah, they desperately the Clippers desperately need to get Ricky Rubio. Because Ricky Rubio is literally what they need. In my opinion, Ricky Rubio's Ricky Ricky Rubio's hundred percent of all like literally he's literally ten times better than Patrick Beverly. In my opinion. I I think he's much better than Patrick Beverly. I I this is like I really do not like Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly generally pisses me off. Like because everything the guy like the guy keeps saying shit and it just keeps backfiring in his in his face. Like like Paul George says stuff and then, then it, it backfires in his face, right? Like I, I get that. Like a lot a lot of players, you know, have that happen to him, right? Um but Patrick Beverly is just like he's he's just trying to he's just trying to like be something that he just shouldn't be. Like he's just extremely overconfident in himself. I generally have no idea why he's like that. And, um, yeah. That Clippers team definitely needed Ricky Rubio. And then, once they get Ricky Rubio, I can definitely see Ty Lue running a whole lot of actions. Like, you can have... Like, you can just run PG as, a, as like... PG in that interview said that doctors was trying to run him, like, Ray Allen or... Um... Or uh, what's that guy called? Uh, JJ Redick, like like Redick and Rayon kind of type, like those catch and shoot like shooters. Even though PG ran like the most pick and rolls that he's ever did in his entire career uh, during that time in the in the, in the bubble. <clears throat> so, that being said, um, yeah, I feel like the Clippers. Hundred percent should run Paul George off those catch and shoot triples and whatever, and whatnot. Like, the guy's a career 30, 39 game, thirty nine percent shooter from three. I, I believe right. He's a career thirty nine percent. Uh, let me check. Let me actually check just so I don't like actually screw myself over here. Uh, two point efficiency, effective field goal. Uh, okay, um, he's a, yeah, 30, 38 point, uh, 38%, not bad, I mean, no, 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 that, that's extremely good, for a, for a person like him, and, and the, dif- and the difficulty of shots that he usually takes, that, that, that's a really good percent, I, I enjoy that a lot, like, I really, really like that percentage, I mean, he's a slight, like, Compared to numbers, he's like one could say, "Oh, he's a slightly better shooter than Patrick Beverly," but come on, we everyone knows anyone that has a brain, and that and that watches basketball knows that Paul George is a ten times better shooter than that bomb Patrick Beverly would ever be. Everyone knows. So. Yeah, literally just run PG off those um, what do you call it? Like those um, those plays, those JJ Redick. Ray Allen type plays, you know, the spot up shooting. Like, have him get into that motion where if he, he starts to make threes, then he just becomes hot. And then if you need him to run like an isolation possession or like a pick and roll, he can do that for you. So, yeah. That was me spending 10 minutes talking about Paul George and Patrick Beverly and why Patrick Beverly should not be an NBA player. Anyways, um, let's talk about the second, number two, or uh, Skip Bayless likes to call him, and now that number two has become his favorite player, because the game, his game, just emulates Michael Jordan. Kawhi Leonard. In my opinion, he's the, if Michael Jordan was like, what six seven or six six? I'm pretty sure you're like six six. So, anyways, I'm I'm gonna round up to six seven, right? Uh, let me check basketball reference just to make sure. Um, Michael, no, that's Michael Finley. You. Uh, one sec, one sec. Let me. Okay, I definitely know for a fact that Michael Jordan's like you know, um, 
Kawhi Leonard is a 2 inches and 30 pounds heavier version of Michael Jordan. That, that's what literally what I call him. The guy gives you lockdown defense. And his mid-range shot literally is the second coming of Michael Jordan. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what you think. It's his hand size is also, like, bigger than MJ's. And, and uh, that hand size was honestly one of the biggest reasons why MJ was so well near the rim. Like, like uh, MJ is definitely more athletic than Kawhi. But the way that Kawhi, like, you know, uses his um body to, like, you know, defend... I'm pretty sure Kawhi can generally defend 1-5. If like if he's up against like a mediocre center, he can he can definitely defend him. Like if if it's a mediocre center like JaVale McGee or like um honestly like I could probably say Andre Drummond. But Andre Drummond's like still kind of an all star. I mean Andre Drummond's post we all know Andre Drummond's post move isn't that great. So given that, whatever. So yeah, Kawhi can generally defend one through five. Um given that the fact that he can um, defend near 1 through 5 is really astonishing. Extremely versatile guy. And um, his he only lacks in the playmaking department. Because um, as everyone knows, his time in Toronto, the guy was just there to defend his score. That, that's literally what Nick Nurse had set him up to do. Um, his time in the Clippers, he... He became more of a ball handler and, um, you know, tried, you know, picking passes, you know, throwing pocket passes, whatever, dishing the corner, whatever you call it. But he definitely, he 100% definitely still needs work to, to work on that, right? But, so I feel like, okay, you know what? Instead of, instead of trying to improve his weakness, right? I mean, obviously people should, you know, improve, uh, basketball players should, should definitely improve other weaknesses, right? But I feel like that if you play their strengths in a system where their weakness, you know, essentially gets covered, I, I feel like that that's just a lot better than having the guy become a better passer. So, again, if the Clippers do trade for Ricky Rubio, right, everyone knows that Rubio is going to be the main ball handler for that team. He's going to be leading the calls, leading the shots, whatever. Actually, no, not... I mean, when I say leading the shots, I don't mean, like, leading the number of shots. That That's definitely not true. Um, because Ricky Rubio, why why would he shoot, right? Like, Ricky Rubio isn't the type of person to shoot. So, um, you, yeah, you just have, like, this um thing with Ricky Rubio, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. The Clippers immediately, I Jerry West needs, he desperately needs to trade for Ricky Rubio. Okay, so, and get get Patrick Beverly the hell out of there, please. I don't want this guy here. The the Clippers are a nice team. I just I just don't want Patrick Beverly there. Like, I, I I genuinely do not like the guy. I can't tell if it's me or if it's like anybody else. But like I really don't like Patrick Beverly, and I don't think I don't think any sensible NBA fan really enjoys him. Because what does he do? The guy acts like a dog. His face looks like a gorilla. So it's like... I mean... Honestly, nah, nah, that's just him. Yeah, his, his, his face just looks like a really weird gorilla. And then, like, he just... He just doesn't do anything. Besides... 3 d Which he's not even that good at. Like, what do you actually do with him? His contract's really garbage. Like, if, if, if Patrick Beverly gets $10 million a year, which I'm pretty sure... That, that's a contract, isn't it? How much contract does Patrick Beverly make? Patrick uh, Beverly, here we go. I'm pretty sure you can find this somewhere. Uh, play-by-play, contract, salary, here we go. Yeah. Why in the world... 
Why in the world is he get is he getting paid twelve million dollars? The guy deserves five. I don't get what y'all say. He deserves five. I am. I will never pay twelve million for a, for a little garbage player like him. At most, at most, he should go for six million. At the most. No way in hell is this idiot getting paid $12 million a year. Anyways, enough about me ranting about Patrick Beverly. Kawhi... Kawhi Leonard just needs to get, get, get a sense of leadership. That's the number one thing I want him to work on. Is to get, is to get a sense of leadership. Because everyone knows that Paul jo- er, Kawhi Leonard is the star of this team. Right? If, if, if he's the star of this team, then why isn't he leading them anyway, right? Like, I, I think one of the main reasons the Raptors won that um, 2019 trip was Ash- was because of Kyle Lowry. In, in my genuine opinion, if, um, one of the main factors was Kyle Lowry. Kawhi... Kawhi's like scoring and defending the hundred percent. Obviously, you got to give the guy credit, right? But I'm saying that like he Kawhi hasn't really led a team anywhere by himself, right? Because here's the thing, right? Kawhi Leonard was like this silent hero, and then there's like, and then there's you know Kyle Lowry hyping everybody up, making everyone feel happy, you know, just being that genuine leader that he is. And allowing for that, you know, leadership and that leader, and then him actually performing extremely well during the playoffs, guarding Steph Curry alongside Fred Van Then you know, like that whole thing, you know, that um, like yeah, that that's why they won. But yeah, hundred percent, I'd say Kawhi Leonard definitely needs to improve on his leadership and um, be able to, you know, buddy up with people and um, want to, like... And um, obviously, obviously, the guy has expectations for his team, right? Obviously, that that's a given. Like, he wants to win. He wants to, you know, be the... He wants to get his third ring, be the finals, be the finals MVP of a... Of, of a different team for like three different teams right you know the same thing LeBron did um but um yeah so Kawhi work on the leadership part and I definitely give him one of the best players in the entire NBA um yeah he's a he's a really good player obviously right like obviously everyone knows he's a really good player but yeah that Los Angeles Clippers team, um, I can't believe I actually just straight up talked about nearly 50 minutes about the Cavaliers, the Los Angeles Clippers, Paul George, Patrick Beverly, and Kawhi Leonard for nearly 50 minutes. I'm, I'm generally surprised at myself, and this, and this is just my first episode. I'm probably going to do these weekly, right? Every Monday, maybe? Every Monday, a new podcast comes out. Why not, right? I just have to edit this in Audacity and just, you know, make my voice actually sound good. But otherwise, you know, I'll, I'll do this weekly. I'll, I'll try to do this weekly. Then again, if I if, if I miss like a day or something, it's probably just me, like, you know, just being busy. Or maybe I just didn't feel, feel well. Maybe didn't feel right. But yeah. Um, I... I really do appreciate anyone that came to tune in onto this. And I hope that um, your New Year's is honestly going to go extremely well. Hopefully 2021 brings us happy times as, um, you know, COVID-19 is. um, But hopefully, let's just hope that COVID-20, the UK variant, doesn't, you know... Messes, messes all up, which I'm 
Which I mean, they already pre-ordered the Ravachi. Anyways, anyways, um, getting back to the main point, um, yeah, let's just hope that um twenty twenty one goes well for me, you, the NBA, and the world in general. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed sitting here on my chair. Staring at my computer screen and um, sometimes my phone just to search up stats <laughs> because um, I don't have this like I mean this then yeah this is this this is completely unscripted right as podcast should be this should be completely unscripted <clears throat> um yeah for anyone new checking out um this podcast um this is this is just the first thing right um again the part. Fo- Podcast gonna be following um a lot of my a lot of the topics that I cover on Twitter, which would be like you know basketball, my um my single life, my yeah my my sad excuse for love life whatever I I don't care, um will there be guests probably I'll I'll try getting on some guests if you guys really want to I mean then again I have to go through the extra work of editing their voice. Actually, I don't really know. Um, well, I'll edit their voice to a little bit just to just to make sure that like they like somewhat like their voice a little bit more, you know, just so that they don't have to hear that scratchy like garbage audio microphone whatever that they that they're using. Just like you know, it doesn't be terrible. So, yeah, um, I feel like that. I'm definitely gonna start working on this because I seriously spent five months procrastinating on this. <clears throat> And now, um, today's my first episode, and I seriously haven't stopped talking for literally 52 minutes straight, and my throat is extremely dry. Holy crap. Um, so yeah, shout out to anyone that, um, you know, was in the, was, you know, listening to the podcast. Hope that, um, y'all enjoyed this. I mean, then yeah, this is my first podcast, right? My first, first time doing everything. So if the podcast audio sounds really garbage, um, seriously, just let me know. I'll fix it. If you want me to put like some uncopyrighted music over it, actually, I'm probably gonna do that. But um, yeah. So I'll I'll do that. Whatever, and then yeah. Thank you for joining me on my first episode, and I hope all of you guys have a wonderful 2021 and i will see you guys later have a good day